Mindfulness is not the topic today. Right mindfulness is the topic today. And it's very important that I make this distinction. 20 years ago, if I had talked about mindfulness, as most Buddhist teachers did then, it would have been appropriate, but not today. Mindfulness is everywhere. Right mindfulness is hardly anywhere. So this is critical in understanding. This is a factor of the Eightfold Path. And every factor of the path has a little word in front of it. S-A-M-M-A, Sama. And that means right or correct or at the service of. And what is it at the service of? What is this mindfulness at the service of? It is at the service of emotional liberation. And we must not forget that the teachings of the Buddha are not just a set of interesting philosophical ideas. That that would be a misuse of Buddhism. These teachings are in order to transform the human heart. We have a word for that, emotion. They don't really have a perfectly synonymous word. They talk about the heart, sensations and feelings, etc. But emotion is a wonderful word. So kind of like emotional IQ. So you're improving your emotional skills. And what is it to improve them? Let there be no doubt. So it's stated by the Buddha right to begin with that the whole purpose of this is to reduce suffering. Suffering is emotional distress and it is based and arises from greed, hatred, and delusion. So what is mindfulness, right mindfulness at the service of? The reduction of greed, hatred, and delusion. Greed is easy enough to know when we're endlessly discontent, when we endlessly feel that we're lacking and we have ideas about how to fill that lack. And these types of uh, ideas perpetually involve usually the sensory world or such things as fame, praise, respect, all of these kind of things are, we're greedy for that as well as big houses and food and uh, money, uh, all these things. So we have a perpetual sense of lack, which we are endlessly seeking to fulfill and we're uh, discontent. And so the aim of right mindfulness is to relieve that sense of lack and to arrive at a sense of contentment, which is sustained. Ultimately, if we perfect mindfulness, it should deliver us to a condition of profound ease and well-being all day long and all night long. The other form, which is the opposite, is aversion, anger, etc., hatred, even irritability, anything on the spectrum of pushing things away. And that is, of course, a universal human condition. It is an illness. It is painful to live with. You cannot be well. You cannot be happy. You cannot be peaceful and have anger at the same time. It's an illness. And so mindfulness, right mindfulness, is at the service of ridding us of anger. So if 
you have been told that mindfulness is merely the observation of things rising and passing away in your mind, whatever comes in, and just stay as a kind of a non-judgmental observer. That is a very minimalist approach to mindfulness. That's a beginning to mindfulness. But it's very explicitly explained by the Buddha in the right mindfulness sutta, the sutta on the four foundations of mindfulness. The phrase that keeps recurring at each foundation, and the foundations, by the way, are first one, the body, next one, feelings, next one, the mind, and the last one, dhamma categories. The basic dhamma structural teachings of the Buddha is a foundation of mindfulness. At the end of each of these four sections, there is a phrase which is repeated, and it is this, just to the extent necessary for the overcoming of covetousness and grief for the world. Covetousness is greed. Grief is aversion. The overcoming of greed and hatred, just to the extent necessary, that's why you're harnessing mindfulness for that purpose. Mindfulness is kind of a hired sentry, a hired watch person. Even uh, the mafia has watch people. The criminals have people who keep an eye out to defend their operation. The military does. So good military operations have watch people and bad military operations have watch people. The drug cartels have watch people. So it's obviously neutral. What makes it Buddhist is that it's harnessed to a good purpose. And this is very often said, even in Buddhist circles, that it's a neutral faculty which merely observes. It is not a neutral faculty which merely observes in Buddhism. It is harnessed to the good. So all the skills you have. And really, you can do nothing without this capacity. If you can't pay attention, greed and hatred are going to slip in under the wires. They're going to slip in and infiltrate your emotional structure. So you don't have a hope. So this has to be sharpened up and clarified so you're exercising. You need to not only know what's happening, but also know what category of structure is happening. Now, this is explicit also in the four foundations of mindfulness, especially in the last foundation. The two most important sections of this are the five hindrances. These are the negative aspects which need to be spotted, observed, and some action has to be taken in order to remove the five hindrances and to prevent their rearising. And then the other category, the other list, is the seven factors of enlightenment. These are the beautiful factors of the mind. And the duty of mindfulness is to spot when they're in existence and to maintain, deepen, and preserve them. And so you see that it's not a tall and neutral observation exercise. It's a deeply informed type of observation which harnesses other types of elements in the human personality. It needs strategies of effort 
right effort to carry out its duties. And mindfulness is the protector. It's vigilance. And the last words of the Buddha were to work out your salvation with diligence. And diligence means vigilance and combined with effort. So this is uh, might be a different message than you generally hear. Now, how do all this generalized um, teachings on mindfulness get going if it's right mindfulness is meant? It's just getting people started. Most people have never taken the time to observe their inner states. And when they do, it's chaotic. It's wildly out of control. So the first types of teachings are for kind of general observation. Just get used to the inner chaos and not be terrified or swept away by it or so perplexed and disturbed by it that you run away and never come back to a meditation retreat. So they try to give you this generalized watch it with mindfulness. It's only a mere beginning. The ultimate purpose of mindfulness is to deliver you from the five hindrances and ultimately to uproot the roots of these, the very roots of greed and hatred, which is fundamentally delusion. Misunderstandings about the nature of reality and the nature of a human. And we have plenty of opportunities to be misinformed about these things. So mindfulness plays the part of raising the veil of confusion and delusion so that we see clearly and accurately in the world. And when we do that, it also attenuates the roots of greed and anger. And as we reduce the roots of greed and anger, we also diminish our confusion and our delusion. So these things work back and forth, back and forth. They decondition each other. And right mindfulness is playing this key role. It's like a negotiator in a hostage situation. It requires great skill to negotiate. Mindfulness has to be present, has to be lucid, and has to always have in mind its purpose. So this is a brief overview of right mindfulness. And it's a very rich source of inquiry. And the essential sutta on this is called the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. And if you've been going to retreats, etc., and listening to teachers tell you things, you should also just get the sutta and read it. It takes about 10 minutes to read, and it's the word of the Buddha himself. And if you read it carefully, paying attention to that particular recurring phrase, just to the extent necessary for overcoming the five hindrances. Covetousness and grief for the world are a summary of the five hindrances. It is for the purpose of overcoming these in order to deliver you to the next factor of the path, which is right concentration. Until we deal with the hindrances, we cannot get to right concentration. Sama Samadhi, the eighth factor of the path. Not surprisingly, the seventh factor, right mindfulness, leads to the eighth factor, right concentration. So do your studies and reflect on what you think you know about right mindfulness and what you've been taught about it. And if you need to, you need to critique 
some of the ideas you may have picked up along the way about this and refresh yourself and understand that this is for delivering you from uh, unwholesome, the preventable and optional process of suffering in the human existence. And it's very problematic and it's also regrettable that people suffer unnecessarily when they really don't have to. So this is why right mindfulness is so valuable for your inspection and your practice. And every day is right mindfulness day. There are no other holidays. Every day is right mindfulness day.